Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. So today, it's really cool because we, uh, Mel and I always do this kind of ramble back and forth about, well, what should we talk about or what's the podcast episode about? And I love when this happens. And I would say this this is quite frequent that this happens, that we kind of come in with a an idea that if it's not the same concept, it's very complementary. And mm-hmm. so uh, I came in with kind of wanting to discuss how I am getting thrust into opportunities to practice holding space. And I have personally redefined what holding space means um, for, for myself right now. Holding space is, it used to be, you know, sitting with a friend while they tell me about their challenges or their difficulties and having empathy and compassion for them. And, and it still does mean that, but I'm noticing it also means holding space when I don't agree with someone or when I don't like their behavior or when I don't, you know, what they're doing makes me uncomfortable. I realize in that moment, I'm being challenged to hold space. And, um, and it just essentially wanted to kind of like unpack my experience around that. And then you kind of brought up the idea, Mel, about this, um, how we've talked in the past about my like little mantra, like I am capable of living with the discomfort of being misunderstood and just kind of how that's showing up. And I feel like these are just really complimentary topics. Yeah, I, well, that was, that's coming up for me a lot is in order to grow. So I think both you and I, um, you might be on more on pause because you're the babies and stuff like that. But I think you and I both have the same, like want to touch a lot of people, want to grow our businesses, want to expand. And one of the things that comes with that is if if I'm going to touch a lot of people, not everyone's going to understand me. And I am, I'm working with that right now. Like I'm opening my heart, um, almost like what you're saying, sitting with the discomfort of behaviors you don't like, I'm having to do that for myself right now. And so not everything that I do is in alignment with who I want to be. And there's potential that someone could say something that that would trigger me into that or you know cause a reaction or something that I don't like and or maybe that they just perceive it in a way and I think oh god that'll get really tiring if I have to go around like cleaning up my mess all the time and then I thought but you know there's an there's another option here is that I can be okay with being misunderstood uh as long as I'm right with it in my heart I can be okay with it being misunderstood by others. And that to me, because I always like lazy, simple, and fast, that to me was like, yep, this is the solution is that I just have to learn like, you know, the internal storm will come up, of course, if someone perceives me in a way, but in in my internal landscape, does that have to change who I am? And it doesn't. Um, So I just have to start to, um, how do you, came the internal storm. And uh, I think I know all the tools for it. I have all the tools for it. It's just that I've never really seen how important they are in order to grow your business. And I think they're everything if you have to grow your business, especially if you are someone that people can have opinions on. You, you are your own brand. I think this is like, especially an interesting concept. If we, if I like, if I may be so astrology inclined right now, ah, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always welcome here <laughs> that if you, if you look, and this is like, I think astrology for the most part has just brought me so much peace. Some of it, you know, brings me anxiety. Don't look at your children's charts, people. Okay. Oh God. I know. Um, <laughs> but it's brought me a lot of peace. Just understanding that you are, are perceived differently than you are like your personal experience of you will probably almost never fully align with how you're perceived publicly. And if you, and for some of, so for for some people, this will, um, like it's going to be to what degree is going to be a person by person basis. So some people might be like, no, I feel overall like understood by people around me. And then you're going to go, okay, no, I feel completely misunderstood by people around me. So what I would look at is like, what's your moon sign? And then look in your 10 and 12th house 
And so your 10th house is kind of like your public eye or public image. And then your 11th is kind of like family friends. And so those two houses are going to be a little bit more how you are perceived, uh, perceived publicly, how you are perceived, how you are. And actually you can, um, for instance, in the 10th house, it's something you can use to your advantage is kind of going like, oh, this is going to be how I'm most easily digested. This is how I'm going to most easily come across. This is how people want to receive me is in this energy. So taking that energy and kind of highlighting it, like bringing it to the forefront is probably something that's going to work really well for you. And then if you look at say a rising sign, which is again, another form of presenting yourself. Now this one, in my opinion, is a little bit more personality slash your appearance. It's a little bit different. Um, but that's kind of another thing that you can weigh off. But I think really it is in my opinion, anyways, in my experience with it is, is like surrendering control. It's kind of like releasing that it's going, you know what, the people that are closest to me are going to see those quieter or deeper aspects of myself. They're going to get that I have this, you know, Capricorn moon or this, uh, I can't remember what your moon sign is. I am an Aquarius moon. Okay. And I think you said that that's the one you understand the least, right? I was just going to say, so you're just yeah. never going to be understood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically, it's interesting, I guess, if you, you know, I don't know, I, I just love using astrology as a tool to just help me make sense of myself in the world. And it's helped me to not get so butthurt about being misunderstood because it's like going, yeah, of course, of course, someone would see me that way. Of course, someone would perceive that. Of course, that would be seen this way. Um, it just now just is just makes sense. It's logical. It's, you know, and, um, and so I don't know that in that regard, I guess is helped. Yeah. And so I do believe there's another way of saying that is that our experiences, our perception, so our lens is how we perceive everyone else. So although you have a yellow lens and I have a blue lens, I'm still perceiving you through my blue lens that piggybacks on the, on astrology, because I think astrology is laid out our experiences in our map, our whole lives. So it's always going to add up. But um, if someone who, uh, so they're like a, a personal situation for me, if I don't have the same wounding as you, something that I say that has no ill will behind it, no uh, power to hurt or intention to hurt could easily just rip the throat out of someone. It's typically in your family, right? Like your mom or, or your dad or your brother or your sister. There's someone close to you that they have a completely different perception from you. And I think that uh, I, I honestly believe that people are communal beings intentionally uh, on purpose so that we can mirror and heal through each other. Is that your, um, your new effort to expand and hold space for people that you you said formally like you would just be like okay no more <laughs> this, this is over but um now it's asking you to step into that why why is this so uncomfortable for me why why do I have such a strong bias or preference against this and um I think one of the things that I always go back to because I've held space for people going through a, a conflict together and both experiencing it so differently. And I held space for both of those as if the other didn't even exist because I know that their perception is so strong and how they're feeling that they're both right. They were both right. There wasn't really a wrong. It was their whole lens that how they were perceiving it. And if they could have just had an opportunity to say, this is my wounding. This is where it hurt. This is like the experience that it reminded me of. And the other person would go, whoa, no, this was how I like, this is how I lived that story. I think that we would solve a lot of world's problems if we could do what your intention is, is to hold space and really without a right or a wrong attached to it. To, to me, it like comes back to the four agreements and I'm going to sound like a poor student in that I don't remember all four, which is just no, really hilarious because there's only four. <laughs> but one of them that I've like really tried to commit myself to, especially the last couple of years, is not to take things personally. So one of the four agreements is like 
I will not take things personally. And I think it's for the exact reason that you just said is that we all have our wounding and that shows up in your birth chart too, right? This like wound of whatever, like mine's in uh, communication and being seen and being heard. And so, of course, if I don't feel seen, heard, or whatever, I might make that into a bigger story than it really is. Whereas someone might have just not, you know, been fully paying attention. And for them, that's not a big deal. But for me, that becomes like, oh, this person doesn't prioritize seeing me or doesn't prioritize hearing me. This is what this means now for me. And so, yeah, like this, this not taking it personally thing... (laughs) It's just, it's been such a game changer because it's going like, it's, it's actually amazing how much stuff you can diffuse immediately. I have like a really weird minor story around this. And I was like, and to me, it was like seeing the practice in action. And you know what? It's so fun when you're like, you're like, oh, that it worked. It did it. It, the, so I was, um, and this is like a really like sort of stupid instance. But anyways, <laughs> I was at a children's birthday party and the parents did not bring plastic forks. So they're handing out the cake. No one can eat their cake. I mean, you could, but you know, there's no plastic forks, but we're at like a public venue. So I was like, oh, I bet you there's some in the cafeteria. So sure enough, I go and there is. So I grab a handful, like feeling like a hero, whatever. And this woman snaps at me and she is a very upset And she goes, those are for paying customers only. And she's mad at me. And so I felt it. I felt the like little like, oh God, because here's like, you know, and this is happening in a micro moment, people. Okay. I'm just trying to give you a deep inside (laughs) look. I was triggered in the, oh no, I've done something wrong. Oh no, I want to explain that I was trying to do a good thing. Oh no, I am trying to be a good person and you're getting mad at me. So all of those natural like habit programming, all of it came up to just want to defend myself and go like, yeah. hey, I'm trying to do a good thing um, and I'm not trying to do a bad thing. I didn't obviously think of this as being a bad thing. Like I just thought like these are plentiful, like these lots of plastic forks here. But you know what? I didn't do any of that. And I just went, oh, okay. Can I pay you for them? Yeah. And um, she just sort of immediately diffuse because it's like she was ready for a battle or defensiveness or whatever. She was ready for what I felt basically. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I said, I don't have my wallet. I'll be right back and I'll come and pay for these. So I dropped off the forks. I came back, I paid for them and I hardly said anything. I I didn't have much to say. I was still kind of working through my, cause I was having the visceral reaction still occurred like the, the fight flight feelings. Yeah. Yeah, It still came up. I don't like getting in trouble. Yeah. And so it was still in my body. So I just didn't say much, but I kept it light and really neutral. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. And she, it was, but it was so interesting because I just, um, I didn't say very much and I, I paid, you know, she turned the thing to me and I paid and, and just said, thank you very much. But she said something in there, she kind of mumbled. You could see her almost backpedaling. Like you could see it like, and where she's like, we just something, I can't remember what she said. It didn't make any sense. So I feel like she was just having her own de-escalation. Yeah. <laughs> but she said something like, well, we don't have very many of these or we don't, we're, I don't know, they they don't make those anymore. I don't know. It was something really <laughs> weird. Like they don't make, I'm like, they don't make plastic. She forks. was trying to justify the level at which she came at you. Yeah, right? exactly. Because you didn't yeah. answer back. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And so I just, I said, no problem. Thanks very much. Have a great day. And that was the end of that whole transaction. And Please I walked away with you on Google, <laughs> <laughs> but I walked away going like, Hey, like that's a, that's a, that was a different experience than it could yeah. have been without consciousness or awareness or whatever. And I was really proud of myself. I know it sounds stupid, but I was, I was like, Hey, this is, this could have went a different way. And I'm really happy with the way that it went. And I'm trying to also be in a, a state of self-recognition when I, and to, to me, this is an example going back to what I was talking about is holding space for people's reactions. Cause I judged her in that moment. I was like, that reaction is far too big. Like that's a, that's a huge reaction. You could just say it kindly. You could have just said, Hey, hang on, hang tight. Like we don't give those out to the public. Can you please come pay for them? Mm. Or, Hey, those aren't for free, but she reprimanded me. And that was an unnecessary force in my opinion. So really my buttheartedness was in the origin of her 
having too big of a response. But what if mm-hmm. she's got some sort of wound in being barreled over she or does. unheard or yeah. like, you know, something. So she's working out of that wound yeah. and that could easily trigger one of my wounds. And then we just wind mm-hmm. up in this vacuum. And so there's yeah, definitely anyway. uh people are always taking from me wound. Yeah. Right. To come at you like that, to just like see someone instead of being like, Oh, Hey, like actually we don't, get those out is there any way I can help you in a different way to come from that sort of a reaction there's definitely a wound where she feels like she's always the one giving too much and and there's a wound of not being seen heard or understood as well um I uh, you say it's not a big deal I think it's a big deal I think that's a huge win to separate yourself and have a response instead of a reaction I think that's massive Okay, thank you. I'm going to cheerlead yes. myself now. Yay, <laughs> <laughs> Tanya. Uh, I, I, those are where I get caught too. Like where I say, I don't want to trigger someone into saying something to me that I will react to because it takes me out of my power. And th- there are there are things. <laughs> there are things come after my children. I will go after you. And uh, there's, yeah, there are some things still that I am like, after I'm done, I'm like, I am a psycho. <laughs> so this is where I have to be okay with being misunderstood is that I'm not always going to be this person who can hold space for everybody sometimes I'm gonna have to spaz out retreat and hold space for myself that's just what that's the realization I've come to yeah, but it's different with your kid. Okay, I had this really, sorry, another story. Ironically, it was at the same venue, different day. Uh, <laughs> the venue is, I wonder what its energetic imprint is. Um, so I'm just there a lot, I think is really <laughs> Statistically, I spend a lot of time there. Um, anyways, a little kid uh, about my son's age hit him in the face with a car. And it's the first time I had that like mama bear, like, like I, I actually have a, <laughs> kid's I told, about to go down. <laughs> yeah. And I know that's not rational because he's just a little kid and he's just doing what little kids do. And, and I wasn't going to do anything to, I wasn't even, I wasn't going to yell at this kid. I wasn't, cause I was, thank God I was still dr- like, Conscious me was still driving the bus in that moment, but I, my body, again, it was the same thing. My body reacted like my body had a visceral response and it's interesting because actually the last time I had that visceral like protection mechanism come up was when my brother was little. I used to like, mm. no one could pick on my brother, but me. my brother was bigger, but I was the same. I got in lots of fights for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, we're good sisters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was interesting to just like feel that response and still and still know like, you know, the, that there's nothing wrong with that little kid. And and that was OK, like, OK, my, I mean, my son was ultimately safe, but he was, you know, mm-hmm. justified in getting a snuggle and and whatever. And yeah. um, the mom was like mortified and she tried to get her kid to apologize, which he wouldn't. And I was like, it's totally it's all good. Logical brain it was driving and it was fine, um, but it was it was just I'm just getting these really interesting opportunities to see, like, to drive my human. Like, that's how it feels. Is like, instead of the human driving the human, which I don't think works out well for anybody, it's like my consciousness is still at the yeah. wheel. And still watching. Yeah. And just, just still making sure we don't sideswipe anyone or, like, you know, blow off a an edge kind of thing and take a roll. Like... That's uh yeah anyway. I almost wonder if kids because they're very primal, right? Like they're just reactive. They haven't really uh, um, learned social conditioning yet, so they're just very truthful in their responses about how they feel. I wonder if their uh, being in their primal state activates ours because I know like so many times where I was like, kid. <laughs> you and I, <laughs> but I never did, but definitely those feelings are there and lots of judgment definitely would come up. Like nothing stirs you worse than seeing your kid get plastered in the face or, um, that happened to Riley. didn't ever happen to Jay's cause he, he was, he would just punch them right back. But Riley was very, um, kind and to see him get hurt all the time. I was just like, Thank God we had Jace because <laughs> he could come in. What are your, are you two kids? Like, can you see um, your youngest coming through yet? 
the personality? Uh, yes. And I'm trying really hard not to write their story for them, yeah. like write in their characteristics and fa- and traits, um, which is like, is tricky, but it's hard though to even know because they change so much. Right. Like I have uh, hindsight right now. It's like, we have 16 years from my youngest. So I can look back and be like, yeah, you, you knew who you were going to be, but yeah, it's, it is difficult because they change so much. Well, it is. And then I'm trying to like, I don't know. Do you, do you, have you ever felt this with a family member where you feel like they're not letting you turn into who you're shifting into? Yeah. But I also think that that's personal responsibility is that you are still playing in the old story. I think most of that is us still not letting go of the past story. And we have some sort of shame about not being who they think we are supposed to be. I have a, so, cause I've looked at that a lot. Cause I feel like that's been the story that's held me back. And I'm like, actually it's me. <laughs> it's me not doing that. I'm still playing in that old story because I don't want to get big in front of this person, or I don't want uh, to be vulnerable in some way in front of this person. So I'd rather just stick to the story. Yeah. I think I'm just trying to make sure that my kids feel like I'm holding space for them to be who they show up as, as opposed to who I have like told them they are kind of a thing. And I even try to be really mindful about what language I repeat as far as like, Mm. um, like cash in something I've observed in his behavior is that he's quite careful. Like, so when he, like when he was little and he'd go down the stairs, he did it really carefully. Like he really looked, he knew when he was up high and he was very aware and he was like, I am preserving my mortality. Like, you know, like he's just, so, but I also don't want to call him, continue, continuously call him careful. Mm-hmm. They will be careful starts, his whole life. Right. Like, I just don't want that to like, I don't want to write a story for him. And I think it's really hard as parents not to do that because we are observing and loving and admiring them. And we're just choosing random words because we're just seeing them. We're just like, Hey, you're being careful. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean anything, but then of course it can get internalized and then written into a story. And oh, I, I have mean, to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm They'll trying that too. I feel like even if it is in their innate nature, once they start to get being a certain age, the kids are programmed to defy that. Right. So if you've called him careful his whole life, he may just go on to be like, I'm not going to be careful anymore. But right. you know, like that defiance, as soon as they want to um, get so, that calling to leave the nest or feel yeah. like they need to leave the nest right when they start fighting with you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a thing. And I don't think it's honestly, I don't think it's like really escapable. Like, I think that's a really important part of human yeah. development is breaking away from your nu- What is it? Nucleus family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like, you know, you have to stretch out to be like, well, who am I when I'm by myself? Who am I as an individual? Who am I without your influences, your rules, your habits, your opinions, your morals, like your values, what are my own morals and values? And so then they got to like go and break them all and then go, oh yeah, okay, some of those were good. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they will, they will come back, but they got to go shit on them all first. And it's, I it's think that- actually insane how <laughs> different they are with other people than they are with you. Cause my, I tried to get my son to have sushi. He liked it for like three seconds and then refuted it for the rest of the time. And now I hear like they both eat sushi and I'm like, but not around me. <laughs> Although I'm not like a huge proponent of it. I like Western sushi. <laughs> the cooked kind. Um, but yeah, like it, it's funny how I'm looking at the taste of what they're eating now. And I was like, you little jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Tell me what motivated you around what you came. Cause so you came with this understanding. Yeah. So tell me how, how, how's that showing up for you? Right Cause now? I want to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I, I really want to expand my business. And I think that the biggest part that's holding me back is that I fear actually saying what I want to say and people will be like, Oh no, but you seem like you say everything you want to say. That's like, 
you are maybe touching like an inch down into the water of the conversations I have behind the scenes and what I really believe in who I am, because there's just such a deep rooted fear of ultimate rejection. If I say everything that I believe and I know that authenticity, like, I don't think I'm inauthentic, but I hide a lot from, I had a lot of who I am from, uh, the public or uh, the people that I want to be in communion with. And that's like, I I think I know that that's like my biggest thing. Like even um, I want to, like I'm having a yoga uh, asana challenge um, coming up starting February 1st. And the thoughts that go through my head is like, okay, well, make sure you don't cue in Sanskrit. And make sure that you research everything that you say so that it's 100% right. And it's that fear. The number one fear of mine is being told that I'm wrong, (laughs) even though I'm like, okay with it in certain areas and arenas. I don't want to be wrong. So I'll like want to research my way out of it. But that's just like that. that, The inevitable is that we're always going to be wrong. In someone's eyes, we're always going to be wrong. And as long as I'm open and willing to be like, okay, yeah, I hear you. It resonates with me. I'm willing to change that. Or "Mm, I feel like this may not resonate with me. And this might be something that uh, we won't come to an agreement on. I think to get to that place for me is the deep work that I've been doing is to be able to like, uh, one, if I ever do get a lot of comments on my YouTube videos, (laughs) which is not happening. But if I ever do get a lot of comments and I see one that stings, to be able to still focus on the ones that don't while taking uh, the one that stings and go, is there something, you know, is there something that is credible here or is this just someone being painful and then to digest it and still be able to be in the energy of that people like what I'm offering, like what I'm doing. That's why is I want to still grow And I want to still feel the same enjoyment that I feel right now without worrying about like, so now I probably have like one hater a year instead of worrying about that. You know, that's, that's ultimately where I, what is driving it is selfish, very selfish reasons. I don't know if that's entirely, here's what I'm hearing. I don't, I wouldn't label it as selfish personally, but what I'm hearing is, and apparently this actually is some sort of basic human survival, something or other is like, (laughs) you don't want to be banished. Mm -hmm. So, cause that's, that is one of the like most like painful things can, that can happen to a human being. A child that doesn't receive love as an infant. Yeah. It's it's an absolute need. Yeah. So yeah. there's this like ostracization. I did not mm-hmm. say that properly. Being thrown um, from the herd. And so I think there's like validity in that fear. And then, of course, like you can use your logic to go, well, is that really going to happen? Like, you know, the the logic part can kind of come in and go, well, no, that's not really going to happen. So it's kind of like you can hold the fear in one hand and be like, yes, this makes sense that I feel fear for this. And you can feel those feelings logically knowing that you are not going to be alone in your experience. And then I don't know something. So, okay. I have this theory that as soon as you start getting haters, plural, like as in you're actually getting trolled, you're actually getting hate comments, you're actually getting that to me, that is really indicative that you are doing something like you do, you were making what what I want to do. Yeah, like you're making a shift. And so I wonder if um, instead of like, because I like respect that you're wanting to take this feedback, but maybe it's a matter of like going, like creating content and choosing people that you love and trust and being like, hey, I'm putting out this content. Can you please like, you know, either take this course or do this thing or whatever. I would like you to do this because I would like your honest feedback. I'd like to know. And then you can just everything else is just, you don't hear it. It's not because you haven't Mm -hmm. chosen those select people who care for you and love you to give you that feedback. Their, Mm -hmm. their opinion now doesn't matter because they weren't chosen 
for you. And I feel like you're a smart enough person that you would choose people who would give you objective feedback, like honest, real, something that's not just going to like, you know, be a lip service or whatever. Like you'd pick Mm -hmm. someone that's going to give you, and maybe you pick someone even that you struggle with a little bit, that's going to give you some stuff that, but because you chose them, it's still got that, you know, it's got more weight to it and more power to it. And then you can just feel free to just ignore everybody else. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. unless you're getting called out massively, cause I know that there's yeah. always that like concern of being canceled, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so wild. <laughs> but I also feel like, you know, at the, which point you have an opportunity to then be accountable and to like work through mistakes. So there's something that I'm noticing collectively and I keep wanting to make a video about it, but I have to do a couple more readings because I need to make some notes on it. But this is one of them is that so we have like this collective group of people that are learning conflict management. So 2023 for a lot of people is going to be like this year of conflict because they are going to be learning how to navigate conflict in a way that's not avoidant, nor is it explosive, nor is it combative. It's actually learning how to address conflict in just a neutral and diffused way. And then we have other people that are taking on this like kind of navigating how to make mistakes, which means they're going to make a lot of mistakes. They're going to misstep. You're going to fuck up. You're going to like do these things. And then you're going to learn how to be accountable, how to make amends, how to self forgive, how to hold self and compassion. And I feel like, so like to me, it's like, um, cause I've been doing lots of the gear ahead forecasts and, and it's like these moments of conflict coming up, like you know, I know that they evoke feelings of like, oh God, I don't want to, or a mistake. Oh God, I don't want to make a mistake. And I'm going like, it's not like your whole year is just going to be a like mm-hmm. shitty because we it's full have. of conflicts or mistakes, but it's going like, here's all this, like this, these are practice arenas. Like you're going to get to go into this and and practice so that one day, cause you, you can't go your life without making a mistake. You can't go your life without conflict, but one day you're going to meet a conflict and meet a mistake. And you're going to have had all this practice to actually deal with that in a far more graceful way than you could at this moment. Mm-hmm. So like long and short is I would say whatever you're whatever you are feeling, like hold your fear in the one hand, but then keep moving through and then just trust that you are going to get these opportunities to just misstep and make mistakes and, and kind of figure it out along the way. And I do like, I think that coming into this place right now is serendipitous because I do now have the support system built that can hold me in that space. If something were to ever come, but it is the, the deep, fear of being wrong and the worst fear of being wrong and not knowing I'm wrong. Like if someone tells me something like get feedback, I can, I take critical feedback pretty well. Cause I'm like, is it valid? Yeah. Okay. And I take it as, is it valid or is it not valid? And that's like how, cause I always ask for feedback. You've done my programs. I always ask for feedback and I always get, there's something uh, constructive as well in it. And I appreciate that. Uh, I think it's brave when people do that. So valid is, um, I think that's my question when I'd be looking through stuff. Is this valid? Okay. Yep. Look at that change. And it may be valid, but it may not be, it might not fit with me still. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) off to the other pile, but having a support system that does like not, this is, I think that another reason why I don't, you worry about speaking your truth too is that it's not ever just your truth. It involves other people. So like for me, and I'm not saying that you would care or I don't, I, we've never had this conversation, but for me, so let's say that I go out and say something that completely is different from yours. I would be like, Ooh, I don't want Tanya to be associated with that. There's always that fear of association as well that holds us back. And it's like, okay, well, they can handle that. Like these people can go, yeah, not for me, but go on, Melanie. (laughs) You know, I I think that that's been a big part of what's held me back for a long time is some of the things that I say, I worry about the impacts to other people or um, possible associations. Uh, But just like how I'm not responsible for other people's behavior, they're not responsible for mine. So that's another thing that comes through for me too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to just like speak to one thing too. It's like, uh, cause I have this with like inner critic stuff. And so I'm just going to mention it just in case it like is relevant to your outer critic stuff. Like, so when you're going through comments and you're like, Oh, is it valid or is it relevant or whatever? Right. So there's this process that I've noticed when I am creating. So this has come up when I'm songwriting, when I'm writing, when I'm doing like videos, it doesn't matter. Like whatever I'm creating something. Um, my inner critic is, is noisy. Like many people's, that's a really un- unique phenomenon. Right. Yeah. Um, but I have to, I have to shush, just shush. No, it's, and yeah. I have to like, and my brain will override and go just write it. So I'm, I'll be writing something and I'm like, this sounds stupid. That's poorly written. That sentence doesn't make sense. The structure is bad. Like whatever. I'm just kind of, and all of those, all of those critiques technically are valid. Like it, the, it is a poor sentence structure and no one would talk like that. That's unnatural. That's not the right adjective. Like there are so many things about it that are valid, but I have to silence that in order to actually get the thought through, like in order for the creative process to get momentum and start pouring out, because if I edit as I go, I yes. don't get anywhere. And so the only thing I guess I want to like make sure is like, I admire you for wanting to take feedback, but just also make sure you're not, it's not interrupting flow. Like if you're noticing Mm -hmm. that like taking in all those, like, and what will be valid feedback sometimes, but if it's interrupting your flow, it's kind of like, I think sometimes it's, it's just one of those edges that has to get buffed out in the process. Like it's not one that you can just address, um, if it starts to like get, uh, kind of like, if you just start to notice it's like stiffer, like you're moving instead of moving through water, it's like moving yeah. through honey. It's kind of going like, well, whatever that is, then that feedback's actually not helping your process. I think that's what they say, what they call dilution is, is your voice diluted? And if you lose the impact or power of your voice, because you've diluted it so much to please other people, then you, that's where you get lost in the um, like, and lots of people do what I do. And that's where I get lost in that, right. Is if, if I had like a unique way of saying things that I wasn't afraid because in my trainings, I go buck wild, but online I'm like, it's me, Melanie. And like, it's very, I find diluted. There are the odd moments where I'll really show up as myself, but it's very different when I'm in a room with people and I feel like they can feel me as a human. Um, that's very different, but I want to bring that to a brighter, bigger stage. And I know that this year is a year of growth for a lot of people. So I know I'm not alone and I'm not trying to like be a narcissist about this if I keep talking, because I think that there are so many people going through this right now where they fear the power of their own voice and language is so powerful. Like you said, you have to be careful about calling your son careful. <laughs> it's so powerful. It, it No, it is. It's true. And I think it's like, it's permanent, right? Like the, mm-hmm. when words come out of our mouth, they can't be redacted. Like you can, you can try and you can, you, we can, you know, make amends. But I do think like collectively we are learning forgiveness. Like we are learning self-forgiveness is huge. And I think anyone that holds someone in contempt is holding is definitely in a, yeah, is a rookie yeah. at forgiveness. And that's really like all it comes down to. Yeah. Um, which is goes goes back to so circle straight back to uh not to take anything personally, right? So mm-hmm. even if someone is gonna hold you in contempt for your mistakes, don't take it personally because that's they hold themselves in contempt for mistakes. They don't they don't even allow themselves to step out and make mm-hmm. a mistake. And if they do make a mistake, then either they're gonna completely deny that mistake and justify it so that it becomes not a mistake. Like right. how many people do we oh know that do God, that slash so frustrating? Well, <laughs> slash self, right? Like we've all yeah. done it too. Justify yeah. the shit out of something just so we don't have to claim it as error. Even when just, I do it, I'm frustrated with myself. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I did not grow here. Yeah. It's like I I can do better. Yeah. Um but now I can't tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's why there's like so many memes about like, you know, someone having to come and admit they're wrong and just like really chewing over that experience. It's just, yeah, we, we struggle with self-forgiveness. We struggle with forgiving others. We, It's just, uh, so I think the more of us that kind of step into this power of 
like you're saying of like stepping and not diluting our words and not diluting our message. It's um, the more people that keep doing that and just hold space for uncomfortably hold space Mm. for the people who are going to resist that and go, it's just like, I can hold space for the fact that you don't like what I'm saying. I can hold space for the fact that you disagree with what I'm saying. I can hold space for the fact that you're angry with me right now, because I think really what it comes down to this, this whole holding space for thing for me anyways, is recognizing my own weakness, like Mm -hmm. as in my own lack of resilience, my own lack of of strength. And it's hard because I identify as someone I feel empowered. I feel like a strong person. I feel all these things. But then I realize that, but oh no, unless you're angry, if you're angry, I don't got time for you. I I don't, I Mm -hmm. I don't like that you make me feel angry. I don't want to be around you when you're angry. If you're angry, it makes me feel angry, but no, I don't need that. That's not mine. I need to be able to hold space for your anger. You Mm -hmm. are allowed to be angry around me and it's okay. You are allowed to feel mad at me and I can be okay with that. Like, I think that all of this speaks to me as in going into like this building of personal like resilience and this personal power and this personal strength. And ultimately that work is meaningful to me. Like there, it just, that feels good to me. I'm trying to navigate my way to a place of peace and easefulness Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of comes back to the ability to hold space. And it starts with my partner. Like my partner, if he comes home butthurt about something that happened at work and I feel like he's got a storm cloud over his head and all I want to do is be like, stop it. Stop acting that way. You're, you're, don't bring your work home with you. Well, no, this is his safe space to just feel Mm -hmm. his feelings. So why would I make his safe space uncomfortable just because I'm uncomfortable by the fact that he's angry? He's not mad at me. He's not shitting on me. He's just generally angry. And that's okay. Why isn't that allowed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really big and powerful. And I think a lot of times too, when people are hurt, they don't realize that it's coming out as anger. I think many times people don't realize how loud they get, how like their energy changes and becomes so ferocious. And it's just a massive power leak. Um, And that's why we can kind of get uncomfortable is like, what do I do with this? But um, yeah, I think having a home and being able to be yourself inside the home and hold space. And if you think about, okay, it's my turn to hold space. It means that it's selfless, right? It's I'm holding space for this person to see them, to witness them, um, to step out of my own discomfort. Yes. And that's, this is where there was this sort of differentiating, um, acknowledgement or registering I did around holding space. Cause when we think about holding space, if it's holding space for a friend who's going through something mm-hmm. and say you like, you're like, Oh, I held space for my friend tonight. They shared their whatever with me and they leave and you kind of feel warm and fuzzy inside because yeah. you were <laughs> like able to be with hurt. through. Yeah. You were able yeah, to be yeah. with them through that challenge or they mm-hmm. text you like, Hey, thank you so much for listening to me. I just really appreciate our friendship, blah, blah, blah. And you feel like warm and fuzzy. That is Yes, a brand of holding space, but there is this like kind of selfless level of holding space, which is actually more like when we hold space for our kids or our family, like it's, it's definitely this more like donation, like this kind of like, okay, this is really the, this is really the thing. Yeah, this is you need this. What what you need from me right now is to be heard or to be validated or to be non-judgmental about the fact that you're feeling your feelings or whatever. And that's like, that's a really powerful seat to hold in my opinion. Like the people that can do that are just like, that's where it's at. Yeah. And it comes in handy too, if you don't know how you feel about something. So to just sit there and receive that's powerful too, right? You can figure out a lot more when you're not interacting and not engaging in it. And you're just receiving it. This is just me receiving and I can make, uh, whatever opinion I need to after if there's an opinion that needs to be made. Sometimes I find we don't let, um, people's intentions come through enough. We immediately start being like, Oh, well, I've seen this before. And often you'll be surprised when you hold space. 
Yeah, there was uh so in in our book club, <laughs> there was a book we <laughs> read Radical. called uh, Radical Acceptance. Mm-hmm. And um there is this part of this book. So okay, here's my experience with this this book. I really, I really enjoyed it. And then it sort of got what I felt was like repetitious. So it got a little stagnant. So I basically read some of it and then was like, you know what, I'm going to come back to this. Not because it's not a great book. I'm just finding it's saying the same thing over and over again. And maybe kind of a revisit would be good just to like break it up. But there is this uh, chapter five, I think it's called the pause or the pause method, but it basically talks about how you just give things some air. Mm -hmm. And that probably, even though it sounds so obvious, like (laughs) changed my life. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, right. Cause I, I'm not saying I win at it all the time, but I think about it now and I just get, and, and that's how I actually felt with that. The woman in the plastic forks was when I say, I didn't say much, that was me intentionally pausing. There probably wasn't even awkward space between us. It was, there was just a little space and I felt I could feel the decrescendo of emotions, both my own and hers. Like I could see her like relax a little. And she, she got like, when I said, you know, thanks, have a nice day. She had a very pleasant, like, yep, you too. Kind of like, and all of that, but it all started with this like balled up, like tight yeah. energy that like relaxed because there was space to let it. And it was, that was just, anyways, it was a cool moment. It seems so inconsequential, all the plastic forks, but. <laughs> but that pause is, um, I think something like when you are working in consciousness, like we do this in the portal and inside a yoga nidra practice, you're working at holding the witness state. And when you can remove conversation, like, so you being intentionally quiet has a powerful effect on someone who is in an activated state. The activated state wants to talk a lot. So if you respond with talking a lot or being like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. You don't give her room or space to be like, to really feel into the energy that she brought to the table. When you didn't say much, it gave her a pause in quotes to see, oh, wow, I really came at this with a, a, a combative energy. Um And she didn't meet me there. So if you met her there, then you guys are both in it. And, and it seems like, no one's at fault, but when you come at something combatively and that person doesn't react combatively, it feels pretty lopsided. It feels pretty embarrassing, actually. <laughs> Repeat offender. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. For the record, me too. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I just feel really lucky because I would say that this is like more commonplace in like with me and my husband's relationship, mm-hmm. but it's flipped where it's he's getting the forks and I'm the lady. Oh, <laughs> and Damn. I, I think honestly through living with my husband, through observing him, I really actually just try to mo- like remodel the behavior that he models to me. Like my husband is, is I would say is more emotionally mature than I am. Like he is yeah. a more emotionally regulated than I am. Yeah. And so I get to watch him be himself and then I get to go, you know, okay, you know, how would Bryn do this? Or, <laughs> you know, just, I don't know. And it's just, but it's, it's, it feels like a really, like a gift, like a gift to be able to like yeah. live with someone that is like, we're on the same team. So yeah. willing I, to work with you in it. Yeah. And that, that's, holds, the, that's the big thing is if no one's willing to work with you to grow or the person in your intimate relationship is, it's really hard. Not saying it can't be done, but it's really hard to do the work. Like Jai has to listen to me all the time, dissect every interaction we have. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think he's interested in the same sense until he's not. And then he'll tell me. But it is like, I think that it's so beautiful when they're willing to hold space for you back to be like, hey, actually, I was reacting to this or this is what's been going on in my head all day. For me, a lot of times with my reactions is because I have a lot happening in my head all day. I have like a a, a never ending list of things that I need to do and it piles up inside. I get a lot of mental stress and then it just like it gets taken out on the person that is easiest and most trusted by me. And so that tends to be him or my children (laughs) or kids. But yeah, it is like that if we can all work together and then 
lots of times I, I will go back after and be like, that reaction was inappropriate and it has nothing to do with you. This is what was happening in my head. And I do try to explain it just so that they have like a little bit of background in case they run into someone just like me. <laughs> it's funny as you're talking, this is what the image is going through my head. And I, I might need to refine this, but so what I'm seeing is, is like this kind of inner ghostly body, which is your Aquarius moon. <laughs> and your Aquarius moon is having this Aquarius -y experience. And then you're going to try to get that inner experience out, yeah. but it's going out through the filter of a Scorpio. Mm. And so that's going to be, <laughs> it's hard for people to receive a Scorpio sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I just, so my, of course, my take on Scorpio, right. Is actually, it's more that it's actually going back to our, original topic it's actually just more easily mis to be misunderstood as a Scorpio yeah because sometimes things can come out sharper than they're actually intended like it didn't it came out this really sharp way but it wasn't supposed to it's like no no I actually meant that as a compliment but it it, it sounded like a dig but I wasn't a dig it was a compliment like you know mm -hmm. and so I feel like getting out you know this this deep thinking because this Aquarius inner experience is going to be this very like, it's going to brought, we're going to touch on a lot of things. And it's this big, like almost like kind of like going out into the universe and like, I don't know, it's like quantum physics going mm -hmm. out through this filter. That's just inherently misunderstood. That's going to be, that's going to be really tricky essentially. And so it's funny because I'm doing the same thing with my own because mine is a little bit more cohesive. I've got a Capricorn moon. So that little inner ghost body is mm -hmm. very logical, very practical, very pragmatic, very, you know, whatever. And the filter it's coming out is through that Virgo filter who mm. is very much in alignment with that pragmaticness, that logicalness, yeah. that like now the Virgo filter is actually probably going to soften some of the bluntness that the inner go like so so my filter is actually working for me essentially mm -hmm. usually though the filter will also come across as hypercritical sometimes so mm -hmm. even though the inner capricorn was like hey this is really logical it might come through as being critical or critiquing or perfectionisty but it also has a chance to come through as um softer or more considerate so it just kind of depends right but yours would have a probably a more drastic scale like it's going to come through as really sharp or it's going to come through as really emotional or it's going to come through as um just generally like what yeah <laughs> like, what? that's what that I, I i'm so grateful for my uh pisces son that can read people so I'm like, what languaging do I use for this person? So I can typically <laughs> nail it, but there's been instances, I'll tell you after we get off, but we should probably close this one off. Yeah, you're right. It's been, <laughs> it's been a minute. Okay. Well, thank you for navigating our digressions with us. As always, we appreciate it. As always. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, with us, we'd love to hear from you. So you can reach us at Spiritual Boss Podcast on Instagram or email us at the spirit or Spiritual Boss Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and of course, you can reach Mel and I on each of our individual accounts. Have a wonderful day. Be safe. Peace in, peace out.